You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Alan Seiler. Everybody shut up. Listen to Shax. <laughs> and Veronica Dashel. Hi. And Keith Johnson. <laughs> Greetings. There he is. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we that's also funny. have an extra special guest, Muffet. Yep. Yay, M- look at Muffet that precious dog. baby. <laughs> so cute. Right. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, you'll want to go check out the video for this one because uh Veronica's holding a puppy. Yes. Yeah. So he doesn't sit in the next room and bark. Yes. <laughs> yeah. An adorable, sweet puppy. Yep. <laughs> All right. Did we have any news or this week in Trek this week? Yep. The only the only big news, and this is a quick one because it's already been discussed a lot, is the removal of 10 movies from Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. which are now shifting over to HBO Max. Why? Why? Why do you... I know it's because of money. I know because yeah. Max has like paid them a ton of money to like, hey, we want those 10 movies. But when you spend as much time as they did curating your Star Trek platform and promoting yourself as the streaming home for the entire Star Trek universe, and it mm-hmm. took so long to get all those things in then yeah. why sell off 10 of your movies that quickly? No. Yeah. I'm the, an article that I was reading, I don't remember now if it was speculating or if it was saying that uh, it was a pre-existing deal and that the deal came up and okay. so they lose the movies and for a certain period of time. But I don't I don't know. I, okay. I mean, that surely be. they planned Paramount Plus far enough in advance that they wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, this is Paramount Plus we're talking about. <laughs> That's true. They, they've done some really smart moves in the past. They could right. have decided it like 10 minutes before it happened. Yeah. All I know is I will immediately want to watch whichever ones are not on there. You know, like, oh, I should watch this, but only yeah. like at night when it's cold. <laughs> I don't want to get up like so just so I just grumble about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's basically it. That's the only big thing that happened this past week. All right. Um, one more little news thing is okay. the um, I would I would mention is the uh, the Hugo Award. Okay. Oh, true. Who won Go that? <laughs> mention it. Uh, Strange New Worlds. Yay! Won Hugo Award for uh, yeah, physical media. <laughs> yeah, uh, Strange New Worlds won um, Hugo Award for best streaming science fiction. And as we were discussing in our wow. group, um, you have some good competition. You've got The Expanse, which I yeah. just adore. Probably the best hard sci-fi yeah. I've seen yes. in decades. Yes. Um, Charles, you've got the one you keep telling me to watch, For All Mankind. For all mankind. Yeah, I think yeah. For All Mankind should have been the best streaming sci-fi series. But, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Hugo Awards are voted on by members. So it's, right. you got, it's a Star Trek brand carries a lot. And, yeah. You know, and a nostalgia show like Strange New Worlds carries a lot, too. 
Yeah. And, and I actually, I personally like the last, the most recent season of the Orville slightly better to Strange in the Worlds. And that okay. is literally like saying something's a 9.5 and something's a 9.4. I mean, you right, know, right. I'm not yeah. going to like burn a studio down for that. Anything like that. Burn it down. Yeah. I, don't know, down. I haven't watched this new Lost in Space. I've only seen two episodes of that series. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was really that good. I saw the first season and I just didn't like it. Yeah. I, I did like the first season and like the second season less. Yeah, and so uh-huh. I haven't made all the way through the third yet, but yeah. um, I love that we're at a point where with with like there's so many sci-fi shows of such high quality that it's like I like this one a little bit more, I like this one a little bit more instead of yes, they're just being a show that everybody hates. <laughs> yeah, so yes, Matt, good. we can see your name. <laughs> we can see your name well, now. <laughs> Although there's two other Facebook users that may have been Matt at one point. I think I, I think they must have been. I was going to say no. We can't see your name, Matt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> Much funnier. All right. We, we got some This Week in Trek this week, Keith. Yeah, I got, um, got a couple. First one, um, this is a trip. This one, this person was born the year that uh, the armistice was signed. 23 October 1918. Wow. And let's see if I can think of something. If I say the one thing, I'll give it away real quick. Okay. The uh, the contest of power, Captain. You had no chance. That's extremely oblique, I know. Uh, no, I mean, I've got it narrowed down to candidates, but go ahead. Get <laughs> okay, yeah. the next one, um, this will give it away um, by how many other names maybe know you. Moses, Methuselah, Merlin. Okay. Yeah, it's... Um... Last name Daly. Yes, James. Um, James Daly. James Daly, who played yep. Flint. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this before sometimes, guys. You know, we talk about, and I've, I hear so many people talk about Star Trek episodes when you were young that you don't like them because they just they don't do much for you. Right. Um, this is the third season. It's Requiem for Methuselah. Um, it's kind of, the third season has really kind of sad music. It's It's got really leaden pacing. And when I was a kid, I didn't really like Requiem for Methuselah. But as I become an adult, I really like the show simply because I like the thing about this immortal man who literally is just lonely. I mean, yeah. and and it's kind of like you saw that also with Zephyrin Cochran. When he said immortality consists largely of boredom, although he's on an asteroid. Um, <laughs> and I just I kind of feel for Flint. The man was 6,000 years old. And how many hundreds of women and people, friends, has he buried throughout that time? Um it's not the yeah. best show, but I do like that kind of that emotional core there. Mm-hmm. Um, it has one of the most tender moments in all of Star Trek at the end when Spock does whatever he does to kind of make Kirk, I guess, the pain of losing Raina, the, f- yeah. the, the, the famous forget. So it's actually a beautiful episode that goes up in my estimation over the years. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. How about you, Alan and Veronica? What? I, I don't know. We're not getting uh, Alan's audio. Right. There you go. No, we're not getting your out. Uh, you're muted, Alan. All right. There you go. There you go. No, I, I, we... I got nothing. I haven't watched it in a <laughs> <Okay>. long time. <laughs> Another real quick one. As Marvel Comics says, enough said, 23 October 1953, the birth date of one Ira Stephen Bear. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, what else can we say? Right. Um, 26th of October, 1971. Two words, Spore Drive. Okay. Is that Stamets? 
Yes. Is it is it the real <laughs> Stamets or the fake Stamets on TV? Anthony Rapp. It's the, okay. it's the, yeah, the fake okay. one. <laughs> Good call, Alan. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and another one real quick. 27th of October, 1953 is um, the birth date of a character I didn't think was going to take off. It was now one of the most beloved, and that's the Doctor in Voyager, Robert Picardo. Okay, the yeah. one's favorite hologram. <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. Although there's more competition for that title now. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, good point. <laughs> Janeway. Oh, yeah. Good point. You could you could actually do a thing on that. Yeah. Uh, two more. We're done. Uh, the 20th of October, 1964. Another enough said. Robert Hewitt Wolf. Okay. Great. Yes. Another yeah. another great one. He's done so much stuff. And I know Charles. You keep bringing up other stuff he's done outside of Star Trek and <laughs> some of these people like uh, Tracy Torme and stuff. They do so many other series, um, you know, and stuff oh, yeah. outside of Trek. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last one. I I don't usually do the deaths anymore, but this one was important. The twenty fourth of October, nineteen ninety one, and that was when we lost the Great Bird himself. That was the mm. day that Gene Roddenberry passed away. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right. And that's this weekend Trek history. Yeah. Let's take a quick break from a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, the latest episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. So, holy crap. Hey, readers. Are you looking for a new podcast? Why don't you grab a drink and join us in discussing your favorite books with the authors who wrote them? Go behind the curtain and find out what your favorite authors love to drink. I am going to be drinking an Irish car bomb. <laughs> or find out what they really think about what's going on in the world. Well, a little while the world was ending. So I was like, well, I ain't got time to write a book about the day. So pour a shot and click below and start listening. Spoiler. There you go. Something new. There you go. Challenger. <laughs> All right. So we're starting off with this, uh, the season three finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. And uh, I mean, I, it was epic. It was great. Yeah. Yes. Epic. Yeah. Absolutely. It was really good. It's since yeah. I've been out about sick for like two episode two two sessions in a row i was out sick i was actually still behind so i ended up watching the last three episodes of lower deck all at mm. once wow and it all it all just flowed really well together mm-hmm. um yeah we said this so many times but man i swear their battles <laughs> they just <laughs> they take the time to animate their battles yeah. my goodness yeah. yeah this was really really high water mark i think yes this was a this was heavy pew pew mm-hmm. yep. and i pew, like pew. I like pew pew in my season finales. <laughs> yeah. I like, and, I like to see ships go at each other. Me too. And, 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 and I think kind of a milestone in this one too, is that the big battle at the end was all lower deck ships. Yeah. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't the legacy ships. Right. I mean, you, right. you had earlier in the episode, you had, um, I mean, just a, a great looking sovereign class. Oh man. But, that was um, beautiful. I, I love, I love the end where, I mean, it was all the, the California classes and the Texas classes. And I'm, I think probably if you're from California, you probably get some pleasure out of the California class beating the Texas classes. But right. uh, I mean, it was uh, great. Yeah, it was... I had a problem with that being a Texan. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but I loved it. I, 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 I thought that they did a great job of 
tying it back to um, the ultimate computer. Mm-hmm. I love how the computer interfaces had that sort of the, the little light yes. pattern, like yes. M5. Yeah, even at right. one point he he told the he told the other ship that um, he was going to be a Dunsel. And yes. I, 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 I love the little nods like that. Yeah, I, I think I missed that line, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I will yeah. catch it the next time. It was, I watch it was it. something Rutherford said when um, mm-hmm. after the captain was like, he will take you down. Yes. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, okay. he said, you're going to be a Dunsel. And I'm like you, Charles, as soon as and here's the thing, it was a very slight misdirect because as soon as I saw the computer graphics, I mm. thought, are they actually going to say this sound like some kind of mutant son of M5 or something weird like that? But I just, <laughs> even in the animals, um, once he was basically turned like mustache twirling villain, right on the console right next to him was that exact same um, graphics with, like you said, the crazy lines yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love it because it, it tying it in just makes it a part of like that history, you know, where mm-hmm. yes. kept experimenting with that kind of stuff. And we, I mean, and, and I didn't think about this last week, but uh, there were robo ships that were like freighters on the animated series. Yes. You know, yeah, and there was an right. automated ship. Was it, I think the, the, the Wotan on the original series. So, I mean, they've had, you know, robot ships of some capacity and they've just never been able to do a full starship that way. Right. So I thought it's a, it's a really cool sort of taking that a step forward and do something a little bit different, but sort of tied in with what has happened before in the universe. I thought it was, was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I wrote a, I wrote a note about that too. And I think that's one of those, it's, it's been a central theme of Star Trek and really society for mm-hmm. years. And that is what is the dividing line between I'm using the word man for everybody between man and machine where, you do want something to be automated because at the end of the day is do we want starships and everything that where people never go? Cause what's the point? And I found it a little surprising that a room full of officers and admirals who I all assume had been in space would all vote for the automated ship. Maybe yeah. that makes sense when you become an admiral. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was a little weird. I can't see Picard or Kirk or Cisco voting for that. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it depends on the situation. Like I was mentioning last week that yes. that'd be really handy in the Dominion War. That you could have, yeah. you know, yeah. I think you yeah. get a lot of yeses in a situation like that where they're like, yeah, let's throw ships at it and not people. Yeah, but, that's um, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, but, but they're for really second stressing. contact and first contact type stuff. You, yeah. I, I thought that was going to be one of the things that they mentioned because like the first place they went to in the competition was the same place they went to in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought oh, there was going to be something about how, wow, of, wow well they weren't very personable this time um mm. or, yeah. or something like that yeah right where like the starfleet and the interactions they have with the crew and learning about starfleet from them is a large portion of what starfleet does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's a good point that's something that i i wrote in my notes was why in the heck would you send a fully automated completely empty ship on first or second contact. I mean, I get yeah. sure it could beam down whatever was that prefab stuff, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you notice, what I found very interesting is as the captain, Captain Freeman was making the Cerritos rush. Remember, the, like you said, the first group of aliens, they were kind of stunned because like, bye, hi, bye. And <laughs> <laughs> right. no interaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but at the same time, as you say, the important word, whether it be first or second, the important mm-hmm. word is contact. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're just beaming stuff down from a automated ship, that's not that's contact. Not contact. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. That's um you know, Alan, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that's actually one of the key things of the series Enterprise, which is 
one of the one of the things I think they did well because you know every science fiction show basically says that humans are the best species in the galaxy, and I think I have my problems <laughs> with that. But one of the well, things that Enterprise are. I think did well was they would do things like you know, Archer would go somewhere, and Paul would say, "The Vulcans have already been there. There's nothing to do." And he would go, well, look, we're going to stay and talk to the people. We're going to like have dinner with them. And pretty much the Vulcans and the Andorians and even the Tellarites were always like, what is it with you humans? You always want to spend time like talking to people. Get in, <laughs> get out, you know, get the treaty, get the weapons, get the food. And so yeah. I think that, like you said, Alan, contact is contact. First, second, mm. whatever contact. And that robot ship, all it's going to do yeah. is beam stuff down and leave. That doesn't foster relationships. Right. Uh-uh. Yeah. Let me get two super quick comments matt says two episodes in a row the cerritos gets tore up yes sir that is true and i was thinking about that when i was watching and i was like dude that ship just got fixed from the last pounding it took (laughs) yeah and then matt also says i love the music in the battle very james horner star trek two and three i agree agree yeah yeah i'm sure that was on purpose as well yes oh yeah Sure. And I, th- I think that all the way through Lower Decks has been killing it on the music front. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to say, like for opening theme, Lower Decks is my favorite of the modern batch of shows. But <laughs> incidental music has just been like perfect in that whole mm. series. Love oh, it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was um, we got a We got a new bad moral. <laughs> you know, he didn't last very long. He's gone now. Yeah. It was nice well, that we had him in a, a series of what, three or four episodes so that we've yeah. known him and we've gotten to, you know, know his name and we know who he is and his relationship to Freeman. And before he like goes wonky and we find out that all along he has had this secret mission. Right. You said, um, you just said he didn't last long. Something else about the show that, that was kind of interesting is you saw, him and you saw some people dying. You saw some explosions where I'm like, oh yeah, that person got sucked out into space. But you saw him basically get look like that uh, laser, the phaser that the ship shot looks like it's it punched through his midsection and burned him. And then it was quick, but you know he died. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, yeah. And, and you mentioned a bad role. I, I wrote down. So I thought it was fun, kind of funny is when um, Captain Freeman actually said to the admiral, "Tell me you're not one of those bad faith admirals." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I thought they were going to do it and make bad yeah. world canon. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, but she I think was it like, was actually, she, she actually said, you're not one of those. Right. Yeah. Tell me you're not one of those bad. No, she said, he said she, he was. Yeah. She said, you're better than that. And he was like, eh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> did y'all see this coming at all? As this was the thing behind Rutherford and everything. Does this, did, did, did anything at all clue you? Cause it didn't mean. No, yeah. I knew that the robo ships were going to be. I thought they were going to get hacked by the other AIs, but right. I, I knew that they're going to be evil. You know, and I expected oh, yeah. that to happen. That's that, oh, that's completely just natural. That's be, just right. having seen Star Trek before. Um, <laughs> right. But no, I, I I was I was still thinking that the Section Thirty One storyline would tie in with Rutherford. Yeah, they dropped right. that a while back. Good point. Right. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, yeah. a, a, a little story thread. I think Veronica knows where I'm going with this. Uh, that little story thread that didn't get picked back up this season. We we've heard all along that Talen was going to show back up. And like the last 30 seconds yes. of the season, she finally walks on the ship and I'm like, well, good. That means we'll have her next year. Yeah. I mean, he said she was going to be this season. He didn't, he didn't say, say how, how much <laughs> the, the first episode next year, she's going to be leaving. Oh, don't say that. 
in the first scene. No, that, we saw that, her two seasons in a row. That kind of appearance reminds me of way back in Next Generation when everybody's excited because Spark was going to show up. He mm-hmm. showed up like in the last 30 seconds of that one episode of the two part. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure, but you knew that's how that would play out. Yeah, they got to maximize their Nimoy money. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. Um. Did anybody do the what's the word squee or whatever when Rutherford was basically saying that the AI was was the same one that Badgie was built on? <laughs> it makes sense. It's tying it, it right in. And we've right. seen him doing that. Yeah. yeah. And so and I it actually makes sense that it went evil. Yeah. yeah and Charles, as you're saying, the fact that any type of artificial intelligence you knew had to go evil, I did chuckle because not only did they do it, but they played the steer quite well because the ship instantly started calling the Admiral Father. And it was just so, mm-hmm. I will burn your heart. And he kept, you know, it was, it was instantly Father and I must kill you and I will burn your heart. <laughs> and I just loved it. It was, it was so cliche, but it was still fun. Well, even before that, when he when he turned on its fully automated uh, auto uh, automatic automatic, I can't get the words out tonight. <laughs> when he turned it on fully on auto and all the uh-huh. lights turned red, and it's yeah. like, oh, that's not gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. Never make your robot's lights red. No, don't exactly. Even yeah. lights. <laughs> um, Matt says, I love the way they tied those elements from previous episodes and seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's, yeah, that's, that's what just I was thinking, smart writing, you know. Yeah. I think the the arcs have worked better this season on um, lower decks than they have any previous seasons. I think they did a great job of weaving those all the way through. Yeah, um, agree. Yeah, it, it's very satisfying to see a story arc. You know, the story arcs come together at the end. I think the yeah. story arcs have worked better than they did in Picard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. agree. So to say that, but <laughs> that's that's not hard to do. Right. right. <laughs> Something else I like, um, Alan, last week you weren't with us. Last week we were talking about the fact that we were concerned if t- um, Beckett was, if they were, if they were kind of like maybe going to re- do a regress her a little bit. Yeah. And I like okay. the fact that she, because again, I watched the week before again today, and yeah. she genuinely didn't want to leave the ship, which I thought was cool because she's finally having, you know, connections. And yeah. I love the fact that she had what should have been this really cool, adventurous life as almost like an Indiana Jones, and she didn't like it. Or Vosh. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to go back to Starfleet. And I thought that was kind of cool. So yes. maybe they can finally start progressing her just a little bit more to mm-hmm. become a more mature person. I thought that was really cool. I, I think I think they've progressed her a lot over the three yeah. seasons. I think that she has had actual genuine character growth mm-hmm. over the three seasons that we watched her. And I've loved it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think she's I mean, I didn't I didn't care for her much at the beginning. Yeah, you know, I, I gravitated more toward, you know, Boimler and Tendi particularly. Right. Um, but I think I've basically said this on every show we've done this season about the, the growth that we've seen in the four main characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from from this episode, you can see if you go back and watch that very first episode, just how different Mariner is. I mean, she mm-hmm. has really, really grown a lot in the in these three seasons. But I want to say, once again, Tendi stands out in this episode Mm -hmm. because uh, she's the one who, you know, basically is the linchpin for the whole undoing of the Texas class because she's the one who's like, wait a minute, I found some things. We have to stop the mission and we have to find out if these are sentient or not, which is something that the Texas class will not do. It's not programmed to do. Mm -hmm. It didn't consider doing it. So once again, Tindy is the hero and I love her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love that that was the technicality that they sort of won on or would have won yep. on is that they didn't win the race, but they're doing it the right way. Exactly. Right. You know, 
exactly. And I, I knew that's what it was going to come down to. Yeah. yeah. You know, we aren't going to be able to keep up with a machine, but we do the mission the way the mission is supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. We know what to look for. Exactly. About these things. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Okay. Matt says, have you thought, have any of you thought that Petra was inspired by Bernice Summerfield from Dr. Who expanded universe stories? Don't know, Matt. I don't know that reference. <laughs> <laughs> he barely knows Dr. Who much less yeah. the expanded universe. <laughs> right. Um, I don't think I know Petra. No, Petra was in the episode tonight, but Bernie Summerfield is a, a long running character on the Doctor Who, like in the yeah. books and I, Big Finish audios. I, I, no, I doubt. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I doubt she was. Mm -mm, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think more Vash and totally. like Space yeah. Indiana Jones is off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they're both kind of doing Space Indiana Jones, though. Oh, yeah. You know, I loved that. Um, Mariner had this she just knew something was up she knew something was wrong she's going to find out what it is so, <laughs> so she's still even on this independent lifestyle that she's adopted still thinking Starfleetish, and yeah. it turns out that there's nothing nefarious right? no, that, that Petra's just working for Picard right she's just collecting artifacts and bringing them to museums mm -hmm. I love that yeah and she's like oh well crap <laughs> and I hope that that gets referenced in the next season of Picard, just in, in a line of dialogue. That it was you know, just cool. something offhanded that just connects these two shows in a yes. more significant way. I just, I think that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. It would be awesome if that little Klingon statue was on his desk <laughs> or yes. something like that. Just, you don't have to mention it. You yes. just yes. see it sitting back there. They had like, there's, um, that then they have all kind of Easter eggs in the background of Picard anyway, like his little artifacts room. And then in the, you yeah. know, in season two, they do it too. So yeah, to do something that ties in with the other show would be hilarious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were talking about the effects and stuff and the thing I thought that was, I thought the weapons that the Texas class had were cool. They would fire an energy thing and then it broke into several energy things that would spread out. Uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And they seem yeah. to have some pretty incredible shielding. But again, I guess if you don't have to worry about life support and stuff like that, you can make a really powerful ship. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Although you have to have a lot of stuff to make replicating stuff. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Very technically put. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you think about it, you don't even have to have raw materials to produce the replication uh -huh. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. Don't have I mean, to have you don't have artificial to... gravity. Yeah, you don't have to worry about food replicators. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would presume that they have like areas to collect people and move them if need be. That's right. The functions right. of a starship. So um but yeah, probably yeah. they have like um configurable interiors, you know, mm -hmm. where you mm -hmm. mission specific kind of a stuff. Uh, yeah. I thought those ships were cool. I mean, I'm glad I that too. they're not gonna be the thing. I wouldn't want to watch a show about one. Unless it was, <laughs> unless like a mariner was on one, and it was like Knight Rider in Star Trek. I'm actually talking myself into it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Like, they decided to use the Texas class as well, but not as 100% AI. It had a very small crew. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Lower Decks crew. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. This is so uh, weird. Yes. I gotta say, as a native Texan, I'm not liking that Texas was is um the failed ship class. I, I I need that redressed. I need the Texas class to come back. You can be away from Texas forever, guys. It, it's in your blood. It is what it, it, you it, know is, what? What it is. No. I'm, you know, I'm from Florida. If they had named it the Florida class, I would have been, well, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Ship designed uh, well, by Florida man. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
one of the one of the jokes in track for years, especially with TNG, was the joke that Worf was always wanting to blast something, but he never got to. So I love the whole eject the core thing. Yeah, that yes, that was hilarious. Shaq was on an emotional roller coaster in this episode. Yes, yeah, a lot, really. <laughs> but also, you know what? I I didn't even think about until just as he was saying that the scene where um, what's his name, the first officer, is teaching people how to sit in a chair. Oh, that's great! <laughs> oh my, doing the right thing. <laughs> so brilliant. Right. <laughs> and I, I think Freeman was really good in this episode too. I always yes. complain when I think Freeman's too doofy, but I thought she was very Captain Lee and still 100%. funny. Yeah, they did a great job of making her seem competent all the way through, even when they were winning or when they were losing. You know, yeah, hundred yeah. percent true. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. It was it was funny when when Shax Shax was running down the corridor and everybody was basically cheering the fact that he was going to get the eject award for <laughs> right. Um, what's his face? Uh, why am I blanking? The from the children of Parma, uh, the guy who speaks of metaphors. Yeah, uh, the Tamara. He says, Arnock, on the night of his joining. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I that was great. That That's is funny. Great. Yeah, I like when they actually use him and he shows up, even if it's one gag per episode. I, I love, I, yeah. yeah. For a while there, he was yeah. like a background character. Yeah. Him, totally. so I'm glad they're doing something with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this, this this is such an incredibly jam packed show. What I, I thought was funny was when Merritt was in Beckett and the other lady showed up and they all started fighting. They actually said, Attack pattern delta full spread. Mm-hmm. If you've ever listened to Star Trek, that mm-hmm. attack pattern delta is like used everywhere all the time <laughs> <laughs> because it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why if they use it all the time, but right. yeah. <laughs> all right. Matt says there was a big turnaround in Freeman and Mariner from last week to this week. Agreed. <laughs> if they took them back to the first season, snap them right back in this one. What? Mm. If they took them back to the first season, snap them right back in this one. Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's kind of like yeah. what we're saying. There was growth because of the first yeah. season. There would have been uh, Beckett and her mom would have been more. They would have been splintered a little more for what she did to her. But in this case, she's yes. like, I love you. Let's get on. Let's move on. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I tell you, had I been on last week's show, mm-hmm. I one of the points that I was going to say, you know, I, I, I assumed the question of well you know will mariner come back you know i mean you know she'll come back but when will she will she come back soon and i was like why should she when she was the only one who stood up for uh the ship and no one believed that's what she everyone thought the worst of her why would she want to come back Mm. but yeah she she really surprised me this week and i I, i'm i'm here for it as the kids say yeah Yeah, me too i'm glad I'm glad that she did that. I'm glad that she was like, yeah. it's okay, mom. You know, we, we got it. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's great. Good. I think it's consistent with her character too, that she's not in it for the action and adventure. She's in it for the great, the greater good. You know, I remember that back to the first episode where she was sort of on the sly helping those people on that planet. You know, yeah. I think it, it's totally consistent with her character that just yes. Indiana Jonesing around the galaxy and finding artifacts isn't enough for her. That's not what she's right. in it for. Right. Yeah. But I think the I think the point that illustrates her growth more than anything else is when Freeman says, you know, Beckett, I'm really sorry that I didn't trust you. And she said, well, mom, I think that's because I have made it the case for it made it difficult for you to trust me all these years. Right. She is yep. admitting she's realizing and she's admitting. And I think that that is what shows you how different she is from yeah. season one. True. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 True. 
Yeah, I thought the season was great. I thought that oh, yeah. I the too. story arcs, I think the cameos they did worked better than some of the ones they've done in previous years. I thought they all landed really well. Yeah. Um, I love the continuity across the whole. Uh, Lower Decks has its own mythology now. I love that it's yes. been around long enough to have its own ongoing storylines. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Great season. Mm hmm. Did y'all see the after credits? Mm -hmm. There was a post credit scene. No, no. And I, I had to find out on the internet and then go back because they actively discourage you from watching the credits on these shows. Exactly. No, I'm not gonna spoil I didn't know it, that. There is a okay. post credit scene that you're going to want to see. Yes. My okay. my streaming thing for some reason jumped to what is it called? Where the, the Will Wheaton Rugrats. stuff? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it if you hit the. Once it goes down to like where the credits go down to the mm -hmm. lower right corner, just hit the back button and it pops back up full screen and you can watch through the end. Yeah, on mine, I have to like go over and like click on oh, it. Oh, okay. Bring it back uh, up. Gotcha. However your app works, just stay in the credits because <laughs> right. like, they just they never want you to watch credits anymore. And then they do post-credits scenes, which is bizarre. Well, because was... they want to lure you into the next episode so you'll keep watching. Mine was weird already because I watched Paramount Plus through Amazon Prime. And the strange thing is they the numbering was off. So there was no episode ten. It was mm. it, it went from uh, it went uh, and when I looked up online, is the the season opener is typically uh, it was forty something minutes. So it's actually episode one and two. For some reason, Paramount <laughs> didn't count it right. So it went it mm. went one two three four five six seven eight nine eleven. And I kept it freaked me out for a minute because I thought I was missing something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That right. was weird. Yeah. Okay. Hey, what? Well, Hmm? Can I say one real quick thing toward the end, yeah. which I thought was funny? And that was when all the ships popped in, it was so... And then again, again, as a Texan, I'm like, well, you only named three cities from Texas. They named everything. The Alhambra, the San Diego, the San Clemente, the Fresno, the Culver City, the Anaheim, the Riverside, the Vallejo, the West Covina. Did he West Covina! One of them? They, California! Yeah, they kept naming everything. <laughs> only the two hours from the beach. Yes, the Merced, the Carlsbad, the Ingleview. <laughs> they just went on. I mean, he named like 20 ships. It was Because wow. there were 20 ships. There yeah, were only cool. three Texas ships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. And Brock is talking about uh, West Covina was in a TV show and there was a song about it on the show. Oh. So Y'all gonna watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No, but no. Looking at you like you're crazy. That's why I wanted to <laughs> I know of it, but I haven't watched it. All right. Well, let's but transition. On. Okay, go one, ahead. one last comment from Matt. I originally thought the Pac-Leds were going to be the big baddies in Lower Decks, but now it seems various AIs are the ongoing problems that we're going to be facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. they sort of transition from one big bad yeah. to the next big bad. I mean, you, know? you can only do so much with the pack mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And they may come back. Yeah. It's like the, we transitioned from the Cardassians to the Dominion on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the Cardassians were still part of the story. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, I think well, it's the Pac-Leds did blow up their planet. Yeah. I think it's a good point. Because I think it's whether it's the pack or AI or just obsolescence the, because they're afraid the their brain. ship. Yeah. Or they're, they're afraid their ships. I think. Lord Dex does a really weirdly effective job of saying it all boils down to family and working together and all that human spirit stuff. It's funny to show that's a comedy really does land some really important Star Trek messages in the middle of it. Yeah. So totally. I'm impressed. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Well, let's transition over to the, I almost said season two premiere, but it's uh, episode 11 of yeah. season two of Star <laughs> Trek. Season Prodigy. one. Yeah, so let's talk about start uh, season one, episode eleven of Star Trek Prodigy. Um, 
What was it called? I, I, don't, I don't know where I was. spent time looking for season two. I hate to tell you this. <laughs> yeah. Because it, after I got thrown with that lack of an episode 10 in Lower Decks, I thought I was all jacked up. So I kept looking for season two and I started cussing Paramount and stuff, not realizing it was still season one. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, the, the name of this one is Asylum. Mm, okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was. It yeah. was very good. Very yeah. good. Absolutely great. I, lo- I love the opening. Yeah. When and they were, were trying to rescue a space whale. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> yes. the scope yeah, of this cool. show is just off the charts for a yeah. Star Trek show. Agreed. I mean, I, and I was talking to Rockers today, like with all the Janeway and Chakotay stuff, it's like they did a, a, a follow-up series to Voyager five years later, but with like the biggest television budget they ever had in 2005. You know what I mean? Because you got the space whales and the ships and just the quality of all the, of all the visuals are just incredible. Yeah. An underwater setting is something that we never get in Star Trek. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not something that we ever get to explore. And that's except for that original animated series episode where Kirk and Spock get turned into fish people. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we get a lot. And that's the power of an animated show. You can yeah. do these things that you would never be able to do in, in a live action show, or at least not yeah. as easily. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, Voyager did one. Where Sorry. there was like the space ocean, and they flew the Delta Flyer into it. Um, oh, that's right. Which I, I mean, but but I mean, it, it sort of illustrates the point that I can think of two examples. Right. Um, and then the time that the Enterprise landed in an ocean in the movies. You know what I mean? So yeah. in total, like three examples over the cross over you know fifty plus years. Right. Uh, but it's cool to see it. I thought that their little submarine looked uh, is very evocative of Spock's jellyfish, which not everyone's going to care for. But I thought it had that <laughs> that sort of look to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Keith is agreeing with that, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I, I said to Veronica today, and it was kind of kind of echoed in what your little description of this thing. I was like, this is a great night to watch a Star Trek episode, and it's a bad night to be on a space station. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's so interesting though that the number of parallels between these two episodes from mm-hmm. completely unrelated shows, because both of them have a space station that's just getting ripped apart and two main characters who regain memories about key points in their life Mm. that they had not had until this point. That's true. Very heavily related to the destroying of the space station. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ship was involved with this or a ship involved. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was cool. I thought that oh, yeah. they both handled them very differently. And I thought that the visuals on the, the prod on the prodigy one were just, yeah. I mean, right. Lord decks always has great visuals too, but just the, the different style of animation just lets you have so much more detail. It's just, yes. it's, uh, it's fantastic yes. to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I imagine if, if prodigy gets to the point where they're having big space battles, like they do on lower decks, but on a prodigy oh. budget, like that's, you know gonna, that's going to happen. That's going to be mind blowing. Yeah. When we get there. I think, okay. So we know, we kind of know where this is going. the, the prodigy is a weapon that's going to be used to infect Starfleet and turn Starfleet inside out and, you know, make everything blow up and stuff. And so the kids, their mission now is to keep the ship away from Starfleet. So they're protecting Starfleet from it. So I figure at episode 20, it's going to be a big showdown between prodigy and Starfleet ships. Mm. Maybe could be. Yeah, Maybe. but I can't imagine that they're going to want to they, they're fire phasers at the Starfleet ships to avoid them. I feel like it's going to be more of a chase. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the the prodigy is basically 
a ship that has malware on it mm. that it beams to the other ships. So at some point in time, they're going to have to be able to figure out how to stop that <laughs> transmission. Because I can't imagine that the Prodigy can actually ultimately truly take all the Federation ships out. At some point in time, they're going to be able to devise a defense against that. They yeah, have yeah. to be able to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these kids don't know that. You know what I mean? The kids yeah, are like, yeah. we're going to destroy all of Starfleet. You know, that's, <laughs> the important thing is that's what they think, you know? And yeah, it's right. dangerous for Janeway. So you get you have the anticipation of Janeway. You want her to catch him. Yeah. But then you don't want her to catch him. You too. And I, I loved... Uh, I mean, I've enjoyed having hologram Janeway, but having like flesh and blood Janeway back on the show, and not much better since this live action, but yeah, but just like real prime Janeway. Yeah, and it's like five years after Voyager, and you get to see Chakotay as a captain, and you that that bit where she walks out of the ship with her crew with her spacesuit on, and I was like, oh, this is great, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting when she was in, when she was talking to Chakotay because I remember in Voyager, Harry Kim said this, it might have been in the alternate future, is the fact that she basically saying. I can't believe you're going back to the Delta Quadrant. And he basically said, you know, this time it's going to be a quick trip. And I remember in the Voyager yeah. television series, I think it was in the alternate future for the actual end of the series, Harry Kim in the future, who was a captain, was going on a deep space mission for several years. And somebody, it might have been Naomi Wan, was saying, I'm surprised after you know, seven years of being lost, you go back. And it kind of goes back to the thing of this is the job. You know, me, I think if I've been stranded for seven years, I'd never want to go back in the deep space. But I guess the point is that's the job and and they do it, which I find interesting. At the same time, I mean, this is kind of uh, a little bit of a tangent, but it's not unusual for Starfleet ships to go on missions that long. I think for them, it's just the fact they didn't know if they're ever getting back. Right. Right. um, But yeah, I... uh, I'm really, I mean, just loving the show. Like I said before, like the last five episodes, it just got Star Trek every week for me and just more of the things that I wanted from Star Trek and just bringing yeah. that in with the great visuals that they do. And they continued that in this one. I love, they're doing great work with the characters mm-hmm. and uh, they stray a little bit with the designs of some of the ships and things, but it's an experimental yeah. ship. So I let, let that go. But yeah. um, right. I just think they're doing a great job on Prodigy. I think it's really good. <clears throat> yeah. I thought it yeah. was fascinating that the, um, like we're talking about, I think when you made a good point there, Charles, you say the kids don't know that that one ship shouldn't possibly be able to infect the entire fleet. And I mm-hmm. thought it was so interesting because another thing where you show they don't know is when they walked into the that space station, right? You'll never guess who I, Brickhart, you'll never guess Tellerite, founder of the Federation. <laughs> I'll be named. <laughs> even me- even the worm, melanoid slime worm or something. Right. <laughs> so, Okay. When um, when Dahl steps into the machine, it identifies him. How come it didn't display or did it display on screen and the guy just didn't read it off? I know. Yeah, it had like an alert and it was like contact yeah, Starfleet a... immediately. Right. Yeah, so exactly. What does yeah. that mean? I Yeah, uh-huh. it didn't say what he was, no. which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it gives him hope that yeah. someone yeah. has an answer and he can find out. Mm hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I got to wonder what that is. Report to Starfleet Command. I started thinking all kinds of crazy stuff. Like everything from his artificial life form to an android to a race of people like the founders, because that's just really weird. Or the child yeah. of an admiral. Who knows? I, I, I couldn't figure what that was about. An endangered species, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 Who knows? Yeah. Possible. I really enjoyed the Denobulan guy. I think Barnus Frack was his name, or Barnus yes. Frack, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. he was great, and he seemed very Denobulan. You know, using Doctor Flox as an example, he seemed mm-hmm. very Floxy to me. <laughs> <laughs> very enthusiastic. I read a, you know, yeah. Very yeah, he's, one those, he's one of those typical people that crops up every now and then. Star Trek, the people who are like thrown in the middle of like a you know middle of nowhere, kind of dead end job, didn't get to talk to anybody very much because. Right. 
he was a pretty low ranking person for the age that he seemed to be, but there he yeah. was. Yeah. 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 I hey, man, maybe he just wanted to be on the final frontier. And I yeah. love that they like, why does he keep saying that? Because they don't know that. <laughs> you know, they're new to all this. No, yeah. the, the the great thing about those two mentions is the way the music swells mm. when he yes. says it. And yeah. it just gets like the fanfare. And then right. it just drops, and you're like, "Why does he keep saying that thing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, good I job, also really Bobby. liked the whole thing with rock and the different sciences. Yeah, and he's like, "There's more than one. <laughs> there's 196." <laughs> well, in Star Trek, there a lot of times there's there's like on all sci-fi shows, it's like the scientist does all science. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the scientist is going to be an astrophysicist and a geologist, right. and it doesn't whatever. You know, Spock or John Zia Dax can do do it all. Right. I thought that was funny. They have people under them to do the special, the right. specialty things. Yep. They just have to make sure that they are the catch all for anything that comes up. Yeah. I like it once Jenkin found out. Uh, you heard, you could hear Dial in the background kind of say, oh, here we go. Yeah. And Jenkin was basically, oh, we're Tellerites. And he was just going on and on <laughs> yeah. about how he was all this and that. And he was royalty. I thought that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Matt has a very interesting comment. He says, at least Prodigy has commercials targeted for kids. So instead of political ads, we got video game ads. Are you <laughs> watching this on, on Paramount Plus? I didn't are notice you, any ads. Are you the $6 a month or whatever it is? Because I, I've never seen what ads they actually play mm -hmm. other than, you know, like I see an ad for another Paramount Plus yeah. show once yeah. a day. Right. So I've never known that they would play political ads. Oh, well, I'm not surprised I mean, because everything I'm else you not. watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah, escaping them. They're hounding and, us. And kids can't vote. So there's no need to <laughs> pay <laughs> right. money to, to put them there. What's funny <laughs> is we watched Lower Decks tonight and then it was auto playing a next show after that. And it pops up with the Nickelodeon blimp and... And I was like, oh, good, it's starting. And it was Rugrats. And I was like, that algorithm just misfired. Like, <laughs> oh, you like children's shows from Nickelodeon. On, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I want, the only thing I watch on this is Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever watched anything else on Paramount Plus. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the Diviners people are still alive and have their civilization at this time, right? Right. That's the whole point of this That's stuff. That's my understanding. Yeah, I gotta. I, I'm watching, going back again, watching stuff. I gotta wonder about the Diviners people because one thing he keeps talking about everybody else being inferior species, which is a little concerning to me. That like we got one of those arrogant races, and the other thing is, I still think there's a whole bunch of overkill. It's like, I mean, I get it, but dude, you could have gone out and found the Federation and said, "Please don't approach our planet." This whole thing of destroying an entire civilization just because. You couldn't handle first contact. Yeah, that makes me wonder about those people. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very interested to see what they're like. Yeah, and I'm interested to see there's more to the story as it goes along. Yeah, because you know, right now, I mean, it's kind of a convoluted story to begin with. But yeah. um, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see how how it all plays out. Um, but I'm 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 glad that he was he's still in the show though. I thought at the end of the last half season that they were sort of moving on from him. I wondered so that too. Yeah, yeah so. I didn't think he was in stasis. I thought he was like there and crazy and just like puttering around. He maybe he put himself in stasis. I don't know. It's yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what he if he comes back. What will happen with him and Janeway? Will he try to manipulate her? Will he fool her? I'm kind of wondering: Are his people potential would be conquerors, or is he the one with the with the? Because he said they sent him back. So I don't know. I just I just wonder: Are his people a threat to the galaxy outside of what they did? To protect themselves i just don't yeah. know 
So I'm mm. curious about that. And I still want to know what Chakotay is. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're getting the flashbacks, though. And they're using the holiday. Yeah. It's a great way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same here. I, yeah. I'm ready to start seeing more of Chakotay's crew. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. assume it's Chakotay's crew. The the cast that we that we were announced like months mm-hmm. ago. That's, that that's Janeway's know. crew we found out. Oh, is it? I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't look close enough at the credits because I yeah. was really late tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's okay. that's those folks that we thought were gonna be Chakotay's crew actually turned out to be Janeway's crew at the end of the okay. last we watched. The only so. one that I can remember is Jamila Jamil. Mm-hmm. So was she in one of these? Yeah, she, she wasn't in this one, but she's on his. Okay. Uh, she might have been in a spacesuit. She plays the the trill character. Oh, okay. oh mm-hmm. I didn't okay, know cool. that. And then David Diggs plays the Andorian, and then right. Jason Alexander is the Tellerite. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> oh, Keith, yeah. we talked about this on a show a long time. Ago. It's ages. You should. I got this great podcast. You should listen to Keith. <laughs> 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 all right well um yeah i think prodigy's off to a great start and yeah. i think it's that's a lot of fun now keith i know you had a sort of a mini topic you wanted to touch on did we leave you enough time before nine or oh, do you sure. it's back question back? question of the week we're, we're good okay uh well you want to go ahead and introduce it then yeah just curious i'm curious uh, we talked about um we once talked about doing a halloween show but not this year and then we talked about last year we did things like Scariest character, scariest episode, blah, blah, blah. I'm curious, has anything changed for you? Because, Charles, you mentioned, like, you don't want to repeat stuff. Has anything in the last year, any of the shows now been added to the to the list of what you would say are kind of scary ones? And I'll go first. I will say that, and forgive me, guys, I don't remember the name of the episode, but the one where they were pretty much doing the whole hide-and-seek with the Gorn. Even though yeah. I complete, I continue to complain about the Gorn in this series. I am so I do not like the Gorn, but that episode with the hide and seek and the Gorn were being treacherous and the um, yeah. black hole actually to me was scarier than the one with the Gorn spitting acid and stuff like that. Mm. But I would consider that kind of a. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I will consider even though I have problems with them. Those two episodes of the Gorn did mm-hmm. make them scary, and that is something I could see as like a Halloween or a scary Trek episode because yeah, yeah. It, they were generally unnerving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that the the one with the Gorn on the planet was the first thing that I that came to my mind when you'd mentioned this. That that's, and that's not one that it was my it wasn't one of my favorites. But yeah. you know, if you're watching a, a a bunch of scary Star Trek episodes, then that'd be on the list for sure. And I think also the yeah. um the the new Borg Queen when she was like crawling oh, after yes. agnes you know i thought that that was oh, real funny. oh yeah you know, dude that was yeah. so creepy yeah that's right oh, yeah I and i have another it. one that's not like scary but it feels halloweeny to me just because costumes but the one where they're all like medieval and mm. whatnot uh, sure, oh yeah, yeah sure yeah, yeah i can see that for halloween they're all dressed up yeah yeah, yeah that's that's a dress up you could do that i, I definitely mm-hmm. think so i could see that as well yeah um and now you have a dog that can play runa that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I what and I'm I'm blanking, but even I'm going backwards now. I forget what's the name of the race for Saru's people that was basically hunting them. Um, the the uh, the, 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 the Baul, right? Yeah, those are still the scariest. Very true. Aliens I've yeah. seen introduced in Trek in years and years yeah. and years. They that episode so well in season two where uh, where they confront them and and the the Baul is like got. Uh, the 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 two characters, the um, uh, whatever Saru's sister's name is, uh, mm-hmm. they got him basically pinned down, and and it's like this big, 
scary black. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. was really cool. I mean, yeah. if, if TNG season one had a better budget, they would have done um, what you call it that way. Armus. Armus. <laughs> yes, right. It looked like Armus crossed with the girl from the ring. Was what I thought. <laughs> right. You know, she has that sort of. Yep. Yeah. But there was also the episode in season three, I guess it was, um, where it was the one where they find what's his name on the planet and and it's the big monster that's protecting him, but it's not mm. a real monster. That monster was really well done. Yeah, in a holodeck world, yeah, yeah. a fractured holodeck. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a good one. I was trying to and I was trying to think while we were talking if there was anything in Discovery this season. Maybe I mean the, the ten C aren't really scary. But um, no. they're very alien, though. They're very, very, very cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think so, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Picard, yeah. Yeah, the, the one thing with the Borg Queen, I can't really think of much of anything else with the whole Picard thing. I, I think when the when the security team that had been Borgified, that should have been scary. But it yeah. was just, I, it, yeah, the plot just didn't work so much. So it wasn't scary for me. So. Yeah. I think in the last year, even though I complained so much about the Gorn, I gotta say, <laughs> Gorn episodes were kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were really yeah. good. Yeah. I think the yeah. scariest thing in Picard was the season-long <laughs> plot. Yes, <laughs> I was about to say the plot. The attempt at a story arc. Right. I'm I'm hopeful for this year. This is our yes. year. Yes. You know, it's gonna I do mean, it. I I know I said that going into season two, <laughs> and know, I got I, burned. But no, yeah, no I don't. I don't I, I refuse to go in without having hope. Yeah, I don't want to be a fair weather fan. You know, I'm right. sure for him whether the winner or losing. You know, I'm there for the games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. I agree. Right, so, Alan, where can people find more of you? Okay. Well, this is going to take a while. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I've got the um, Alan's Record Bin podcast, little ten minute episodes where I pull a song out of my record collection and talk about it and say why it's important to me, and then play the song. And then I've got Modern Musicology, which is a, a show with three co-hosts where we talk about all sorts of different music topics. And then I've got a Doctor Who podcast that's called Doctor Who A to Z, and two episodes are out. The second episode is a review of the final Jody episode. So go check those things out. I would appreciate it. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on the standard social media groups, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Yep. And do you have a closing for us this week? Yes. Yes. Rutherford, stop being impressed with the thing that's stealing our jobs. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. (laughs) Hey, Veronica, I got one quick thing for you that I left off. Apologies. 55 years ago today was the premiere of Cat's Paw. Hey! <laughs> Yay! There the you pipe go. cleaner monsters. <laughs> just just nice. in time for Halloween. Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. And I keep All expecting right, that dog to turn into something because I keep thinking of Gary Mitchell's cat. <laughs> I will right. say that I went looking for my cat and then I came back and this dog was walking out of the driveway. Yeah. Uh-oh. So this may be my cat. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.